Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah Nationals, the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. We're hanging out at Sayre National this morning. The Sayre Golf Course is uh, a little bit foggy out there. Is it foggy driving in for you, Jared? Not at all. From the east, it wasn't. No, it was actually really nice. These clouds rolled in after I got here. So it's a little bit foggy, but uh, it was a great weekend. I know the place was packed throughout the weekend uh, over the New Year's weekend also don't forget coming up on saturday the saturday scrambles will start one o'clock it's weather permitting but trust me when i say this because i've been here for some of these the weather has to be awful (laughs) (laughs) not they'll play uh if it's if it's doable a lot of times they'll play and even today once this drizzle and this fog rolls out supposed to be 67 this afternoon uh, kind of a partly sunny day and really pretty nice all the way through the next few days. Um, so to start the new year, I know everybody's probably excited. They got some new equipment or golf balls or whatever, chomping at the bit to get out and, and try those out and get, get going with the 2023 golf season. Come on over to Sayre. It's a great spot. And don't forget, Saturday scrambles, 1 o'clock. They start on this Saturday. Coming up on the show, we'll hit the NFL. We'll hit the college uh, football playoff games as well. And, of course, uh, at 9.30, we're going to have Jim uh, this this Monday. We'll get his thoughts on all of that. I bet he is one of the more excited guys about what's coming up next week in, in the NFL because, miraculously, his Pittsburgh Steelers can still make the playoffs. <laughs> it's crazy to think that uh, the, state, the Steelers are still alive, but they are still alive for a playoff spot. We'll kind of go down what those uh, scenarios are coming into this week in the game, of course, tonight, a Titanic game uh, between the Bills and the Bengals. No better place than right here where we're sitting in the sports bar at the Sarah Golf Course to watch that game. Uh, I think our Fantasy Football League is going to have uh, kind of a watch party for the final night over here as well. So come on out and hang out uh, with uh, those guys. Maybe I can make it back from the banquet in time uh, to be able to, to hang out as well. As I mentioned, uh, NFL, we got college football. Whatever else is on your mind, feel free to chime in, 225-9698. That's the phone or the text line, 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind um, in the world of sports. We've also got the um, – you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com or 
You can download the app. The Paragon Communications app has it all. The radio. It's got uh, the Penny News. Big Elk and Paragon TV, which is headed your way this week. Wall-to-wall hoops coming up this week on Big Elk and Paragon TV as the high school uh, season really gets kick-started right here coming out of the Christmas break. And it's just a, it's a fast and furious sprint to the finish uh, that it comes up in, in the first of March at the big house for the state tournaments in the small schools the first week. And then after that <clears throat> will be the, uh, the larger schools. So if you like high school basketball, this time of year is your time and no better place than Big Elk and Paragon TV. And of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you miss the show entirely, you can go back, check us out on KADSAM.com. Hello, Jared. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How was your New Year's weekend? New Year's weekend. Let's see. We what, let's see what happened Friday. Let's go back to Friday. Where well, we, we worked. We worked then... on Friday. We left on Friday. <laughs> what did we do? I am trying to remember. Was it just a normal Friday, or you did something? Drawing a blank. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what we did on Friday. <laughs> Uh, oh, we had to go to the we. I know what we did on Friday. We went to um, Joyce Jones's uh, mm. wake. Yes, is what we did. Then we had we ate some dinner afterwards and came home. And then Saturday we went to the funeral that morning, um, and then watched football. So what we did after there you that. Go. And then yesterday we went out to Amarillo. Uh, one of Kara's Kara's cousin Seth, his daughter was being baptized. Oh, very good. Yesterday, so we went out and saw Vivian get baptized and hung out there for a little bit afterwards. That's great. Had some good food and good fellowship with family, uh, Kara's family there. So it was, you know, it was a great weekend. What about you? Um, very low-key, like Christmas was. Um, took down all the Christmas stuff on Saturday, which meant I got up on the roof. But, man, Saturday, the weather was mm-hmm. beautiful. Couldn't have asked for a better day to do that. And... Um, I kept that momentum going, and I cleaned up my back porch. Over time, it accumulated some leaves, you know, that have fallen, so took care of that. And, um, um, and then, yeah, what? Uh, oh, ran some errands and stuff, but, but got it all done in time to catch most of those football games And on uh, on Saturday. Man, and I uh, had friends over Saturday night, of course, for New Year's Eve, and I cooked some smash burgers on my new mm-hmm. griddle. First time to really take on that, and that was—I mean—they turned out great. I think, I think they could be better because it was the first time I really did it. So I'm anxious to do it again. Um, again, had friends over, watched the games, went all the way to midnight, played some left-right center, lost some money, <laughs> and but my wife won some money, so I guess it all evens out. And uh, um, then uh, Sunday morning, woke up. Thought my Blackstone was still out there. I go, you know what? I'm cooking some bacon and eggs. Yeah. And wound up cooking some pancakes, too. So did that. And again, Sunday morning was beautiful, too, right? So just really just stayed home, but had, had, had some fun. It was nice. And watched a lot of football yesterday. Yeah, by the time, you know, lunchtime, it was a little bit breezy out there, but it was warm. But, man, all of a sudden the wind quit. And by the time we were leaving Amarillo, it was gorgeous. Yeah. I think our car said, like, 73 
and the wind was light and the sun came out. It was it was like a nice spring day. Yesterday, yesterday. yeah, I mean, I noticed when yesterday when I was cooking breakfast and look, who we kidding? It was brunch. <laughs> he was slept in, you know, staying up late for New Year's. But I mean, I'm out there just kind of admiring the weather, thinking this is January. It's supposed to be cold out here. All I see is that nothing but birds chirping. I'm out there with a t-shirt on. I still have some sweatpants on, but I was comfortable, you know. Probably helped I'm standing by a grill that was warm too, but it was I didn't need it, you know, and I mean, it was really 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 nice. Really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe 2 weeks ago it was unsafe to go outside. It was so cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then hanging out in shorts uh, on the New Year's Day. Uh, but uh, I know this, the golf course got a huge advantage of it because when we rolled back into town, there was people everywhere still. It was starting to get dark at like 5 or so, just after 5, but there was still a bunch of people out here playing golf. I saw a lot of a gorgeous day, a lot sure. of Facebook posts from all over right. saying, first round of the year, yeah. well, look how beautiful it is. <laughs> I didn't even see, that didn't even seem conceivable two weeks ago. Not at all. At the, going into that weekend uh, before Christmas. Well, you mentioned the playoff games a couple of times, so let's just get right into the, the college football from over the weekend. Man, uh, we talked about it on Friday. Could this be the, the, the year that we finally get good games in the semifinals? And I think we both kind of thought so um, mm-hmm. with, with the way those matchups were, and certainly that's the way it ended up. I mean, TCU-Michigan for the first half was a little bit of a kind of blah. You know, it, it looked like. From the very first snap, I mean, Donovan Edwards goes right up the middle. Looks like he's going to score a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game. TCU catches him and then ends up being able to hold Michigan out of the end zone on a fourth down call and then try to run kind of that Philly special. TCU was ready for it. You know, it's 21-6, to the huge field goal. It, it reminded me a little bit of, of Georgia OU in a way when, when Michigan hit the 60-yarder at halftime to, cut, to get within two scores. And then, my God, the third quarter was just unbelievable. It was like 2010 Big 12 broke out. It was just back and forth and back and forth and huge plays from both sides. But in the end, it was TCU able to hold off Michigan 51-45 in uh, what in most years would be the best playoff game of the three. Yeah. And it had held that distinction for about, you know, four hours. <laughs> Some folks in Atlanta said, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> exactly. Had a feeling about TCU. I had a feeling about them. I said, I, said, I don't think they're going to get blown out. I think they'll stay right there with Michigan, but I thought Michigan would be the better team. But I failed to realize, and someone I, on Twitter pointed this out, uh, a couple things. One, they, they're without their running that running back. I don't know how much that would have helped them or not. But two, looking at their schedule – how light it was, someone basically said, all they really had to do was beat Ohio State, and they did that. And then their prize, Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, that's definitely winnable. So, you know, maybe TCU had a little bit of a harder schedule than than Michigan and kind of failed to realize that. But TCU, hats off to them. They played played great. Um, They look like that team I expected them to compete, to come in and compete with Michigan and not only did they do that, but they came out with a win. I, there was no fluke about it. They were the better team on on a Saturday. Yeah, you know, it was just – it felt like Michigan early had a chance to kind of 
you know, that first drive and, and not being able to, to figure out a way to get it in the end zone, not taking the three points on the field goal either. And that helped, you know, TCU kind of gain some traction. And then, you know, they were just – it seemed like every time where you felt, uh-oh, here it comes. Yeah. Because they kept on flashing those second-half stats up on the up on the screen, and it's something you knew going in. The Michigan had just dominated second halves. That offensive line – uh, Joe Joe Moore Award a winner for the second straight year. It was like I, I was waiting on that offense to just take over, and it scored thirty nine points in the second half. So it's not like Michigan's offense didn't do what it had been doing all year. But the difference was TCU was able to make plays against the Michigan defense. The Michigan defense had been super stingy in the second half, but every time they needed one, like you know, Duggan makes the play to to get the ball out to Quentin Johnson. He breaks one tackle, and he's gone. Oh. You know, right when they really needed a play, there it was. Yeah, they had an answer every time. Yeah, yeah. and it, in as much as it's hard to say their defense played great, giving up 45, but it did feel like they were they, they stepped up and met the physical challenge of what Michigan brings to the table. And TCU outgains Michigan on the ground, 263 to 186. That's something that I think, you know, when you, when you look at what happened, they were able at least, TCU's defense that is, they were at least able to get Michigan out of their comfort zone, make them do something that they didn't necessarily want to do. I promise you Harbaugh did not want J.J. McCarthy throwing the football 35 times. But he was forced to because for the most part, I mean, 186, but shoot, 70 of them came on the first play of the game. Right. So they, it did seem like TCU was able to stand up to the physicality of that Michigan O-line. And even as the game wore on, they, weren't, they didn't allow Michigan just to completely control the clock and completely dominate. And then scored two touchdowns. You know, they were opportunistic when they had the chances, a couple of pick sixes against McCarthy. And that's just kind of what TCU needed to end up winning that game. Right. Yeah, physical. They met them, you know, punch for punch. You know, in your eye, they when they had to, that defense. You talk about the defense when they had to rise up and either force a, a field goal attempt or turnover on the goal line. They had it in them. You know, that's what championships team championship teams do. Is you can give up, you know, a big play like like the one you talked about, but not let that beat them the entire game. You've seen that in other other teams where one big play and then you just see them kind of rest on their on their laurels and, and, and play back on their heels the rest of the game. They're still very aggressive, hitting hard, and letting Michigan know we're, we're here for a reason. We're worthy of being here, and, and they proved it. I was yeah. impressed. I was really impressed. Michigan 3 of 15 on third and fourth down, whereas TCU 8 of 16. You know, that's a big a big difference in that game uh, overall. What did you think about the, the call? I mean, that's, that's what everyone was talking about after the game. The catch. On the long pass that ended up leading to the fumble in the end zone. Man, I, I was 50-50 on it from different camera angles, you can tell. And that's why I'm shocked they reversed it. Yeah. You know, it was one of those where when you first saw the replay, you're like, oh, no, he's down. And then you see kind of the bobble and did he have it until he was into the end zone. Yeah. And all that, I was a little bit surprised that that play was reversed. And normally it would be a footnote that, oh, yeah, instead of that guy getting the touchdown, somebody else did. But because of what happened on the very next play, it turns into this huge difference in this game. Because at that point, 
you know, Michigan had fallen behind 14 nothing. They had a field goal. Then it looked like they had a touchdown after the, the first Duggan interception. Everything seems to be turning their way. And then it wasn't. And, you know, TCU takes it off the goal line and goes down. I mean, and it, it's just – it was a huge turning point in that game. And it's uh, – I'm surprised they reversed it. Really surprised that that call was reversed. It just seemed like one of those – whatever the call was made on the field was what was going to stand – and it's almost that they just didn't didn't take into account that there was a little bit of a bobble, and, and that the officials determined that possession happened before a lot of the rest of the college football watching world uh, would. And and it goes back to those the, the catch scenarios. It's just so crazy sometimes where you know it's not, it is. But TCU, to their credit, they took advantage of the of the the break that they got um, with that reversal. And that turns out to be a big, a big difference. So the Horn Frogs, the first Big 12 team to play for a national title, they'll get Georgia. How the hell did Georgia win that game? I still don't know how they won. <laughs> Crazy. Again, championship teams find a way to win, right? But that was that game was insane. I thought Ohio State had it in the bag, and the, I mean, think about you talk about opportunities and missed opportunities, how about missed extra points and how much of a big difference that is in, in games. Some people think, oh, it's just a point, no big deal. It's, it, was, it turned out to be a pretty big deal. Crazy ending to a game, and I know everyone wants to rip on a kid who missed a game-winning field goal. I, I felt nothing but sympathy for that kid. I felt so bad for him. That was, I mean, the pressure was too much. Clearly, right? Yeah, it looked like he might have almost slipped his plant foot slipped just a tick, and I mean, and as soon as it took off his foot, no chance. What about Stetson Bennett, though? 192 yards in the fourth quarter. That's the most ever in a playoff game to lead his team back when it looked like at 35-24, you know, where, and then Georgia outscores him 18-3 in the second half to come back and, and win 42-41. to Bennett was awesome, uh, but so was C.J. Stroud in that, off, that Ohio State offense, and one has to wonder – what happens if Marvin Harrison doesn't get, get knocked out? Okay, how, how can he get knocked out of the game with a concussion, and it not a be flag targeting. thrown for targeting, and then that flag picked up? Yeah. That's how ridiculous. is that possible? That is ridiculous. And Ryan Day, I think he said it back. He said it just like that. Like, how does he get a concussion without getting without targeted? Getting that's, hit in the head. Yeah. Yeah, and he, it's not like his head hit the turf or anything. It, it was contact, physical contact by someone else, but – yeah, it makes you wonder. He was dynamic up until that he got knocked out. Yeah. It, it seemed like – because I was kind of casually watching it. You had it on, and it seemed like every time a big catch or a big play was made, Harrison's name was attached to it. Yeah, he had five for 106 and two touchdowns before he was uh, forced to leave the game with a concussion. Uh, but, yeah, clean hit. How, okay, so if, it, no, if, if it's a clean hit, how, could he, how can he get a concussion? How is it not targeting? I think by definition they're looking he for helmet-to-helmet contact, and, and somewhere in there something uh, – and I've seen the slow-down, slow-motion, back-of-the-end-zone camera shot. Forcible contact to the head and neck area is what the rule it states. It doesn't have to say helmet-to-helmet. Don't tell me it's football. It's not football anymore. <laughs> if we've got rules, why aren't we abiding That's it. by them? It's, it's not <laughs> that, that play has to be called targeting with some of the other ones. What about the TCU one? That was 100 million percent targeting on the last play of the game. Right. 100 percent. 
So why are we arbitrarily using the rules if we're not going to use the rules? I agree. I mean, the, the, the play at the end, and listen, I'm glad they didn't because I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is going to get kicked out for a half of a national title game on the very last play that means almost nothing. It was right. going nowhere, right. and he's going to be done with targeting. He ducked his head into the dude's head. He, you, he no, led with the crown of his helmet. It was 100% clear. Yeah. And yet it, it gets taken away. Do you think that plays into the official's decision-making? Like, we yes. don't want to take this a half away from this kid. Yes, I do. But at the same time, why doesn't that take into account at, at any other point in the game? Sure. All right, we've got we to take a break. We've got to get another one in before we get to Jim. Uh, we're at the Sayre Golf Course. Hanging out, skinny on sports. Uh, we'll tell you all about the GC at Sayre coming up throughout the show. It's 98.1 FM, the sports animal. I know you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Yeah! Coming out, yeah! Welcome back, Skinny Welcome on back, Sports, Skinny on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal, hanging out at Sayre National, Sayre Golf Course. Don't forget, Saturday scrambles starting this Saturday, 1 o'clock, weather permitted. Check their Facebook page, I'm sure they'll alert everybody to what exactly is going to go on each Saturday. But the cool thing is, there's no carryover. Somebody wins every Saturday, so even if there's a tie, to go out, have a... Saying we have an echo. Saying we have an echo. Saying we have an echo. Oh, try that. Okay, there we go. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. Sayre, the uh, Sayre scrambles, the Saturday scrambles here at Sayre. Somebody's going to win every Saturday. So even if there's a tie, there will be a playoff, and you'll have, uh, you'll have a winner leaving. And you know what else? We've got Saturday football, so what a perfect time. Go out, play the scramble, come back in, enjoy the sports bar, watch the NFL playoff game starting uh, – a week, a week, week from after, Saturday, yeah. but you've also got uh, you've got games this Saturday too, and games with playoff implications. I was totally wrong. I thought the Saturday or the Sunday night game was going to be Jags Titans. That's actually going to be the Saturday night game, right? As uh, the NFL waited till this morning to uh, to release the schedule for uh, Saturday for for this whole, whole week. Coming up in week 18. Well, that, so do we know times for Sunday? Because I'm we not don't seeing. Know, we don't know times we, okay. yet. We just know we times just, for Saturday. Gotcha. The, gotcha. The games, Who and, and what Kansas, time? Yeah, Kansas City, Vegas has been flexed to Saturday at, at uh, 3.30. And then Tennessee, Jacksonville is the Saturday night game. Still TBD on the Sunday stuff. And obviously, I'm sure they'll wait to see. You know, Buffalo, New England could matter. Um, Baltimore, Cincinnati could matter. Eh. Trying to think. I mean – NFC East is still up for grabs. I'd like to see, hopefully, Jets Miami. Jets Miami is that? Jets have been eliminated. Miami still. Miami still can can get there. Okay. Cleveland Pittsburgh could be one. Pittsburgh can still get there. Uh, there was another one with Seattle. Uh, let's see who was that one. You know, Washington is still. 
All right, I the thought Jet, the Jets are in. Phillies. Jets are in. Uh, the Giants. I mean, oh. Giants are in. Phillies still struggling. There was one more. Uh, I guess it could be Pat's Buff Buffalo. Or no, Detroit. Detroit. That's what it is. Packers Lions. That's the other one. But the problem with Packers Lions could be if Seattle wins, Detroit's eliminated before that game would ever happen. So, but yeah, Packers Lions looks probably like the the best bet to be Saturday or Sunday night with what's coming up on the schedule. One last thing about that game in Georgia. I mean, we'll talk about it the rest of the week with the Georgia game. Have you ever seen a timeout be the difference in the game? I'm sure I have. I can't without Kirby Smart calling a timeout it. before they faked that punt was the difference in the, it's the difference mm. in the game. What an unbelievable heads up play by the head coach. And that will go then and that goes back to what has been being said on these airwaves about a guy like Brent Venables. He's too busy in the he's too busy not even watching the game, trying to coach the defense yeah. to not be there to make a call like that when he sees a formation and goes, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, something's up here. Timeout, let's reset. That is what that, that's what people are talking about when they talk about Venables not being there to manage the game. You got to see mm-hmm. it on display from, oh, by the way, an old defensive coordinator. Yeah. That is that is uh, the epi- <coughs> excuse me, the epitome of what is being discussed with Venables and, and not being the game manager as the as the head coach versus still wanting to be the defensive coordinator. What did Har- was it Harbaugh? He called a timeout at one point in that game that forced – am I thinking of the wrong game? Am I thinking about that scenario? You might, you might be because Ohio State was about to fake a punt. And no, 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 no. I know what happened. Harbaugh showed onside, and it forced TCU to, to call their last time, time, yeah. let, use their last timeout, right. which was brilliant because they hadn't they, – yeah. That's right. And then yeah. they were lined up to kick it as normal. I don't think they had any intention on side. No, 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 because they had all three timeouts and, right. what, two or three minutes left. Yeah. But in the scenario that Michigan was able to go down and score, then TCU's out of timeouts. Right. So that was Because that was going to be the only way he could do that because Michigan was going to have the ball the rest of the game. Yeah. If things worked out the way that uh, the, the Wolverines wanted it to. And it kind of did, except for they just didn't score. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will have the ultimate – Jim Traber, I'm sure he's got plenty to say about the, the, the playoff games in college football. I know he'll be excited about the Steelers' chances of actually qualifying for the playoffs. Mike Tomlin, you just can't have him have a losing record. It's amazing uh, what the Steelers have been able to do over the last few weeks. Skinny on sports from the Sayre Golf Course. Sayre National coming back at you next. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah Nationals, the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National. Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. All right, welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal hanging out at Sayre National this morning. Sayre Golf Course, look, it's already starting to clear up, Jared. Even yep. even since we've been setting here, some of that fog, some of that drizzle kind of yep. weather is clearing up. 
We can see all the way to the top of the hill on number one. So I imagine by by the time noon or so rolls around, the sun will start to peek out from behind the clouds. And I would imagine there will be a whole bunch of people out here playing golf this afternoon on uh, January the 2nd. I know there's rain chances today. I don't know what time. I oh, thought it was. About 10 a.m. Is it? But it's a 50-50 chance. But after that, that's the best chance. And then they're saying by 3 p.m. Be out of here. Yeah, so sunny. Time to at least get nine holes in at that point. I think you could. I think that's your window is come out here after lunch. Yeah. You'll start with some clouds. By the time your round ends, it'll well, be sunny. The good thing is it's warm. <clears throat> I mean, Yeah, even, it's not cold. I mean, for January especially. Even though it's cloudy, that's it. that was what was weird yesterday. Was it was kind of a cloudy day? It, you know, the sun would peak out, but for the most part, it felt like it was like mostly cloudy. Right. And then the sun would peak out, and then it would go back behind the clouds throughout a lot of it. I tell you this, it, it is a dreary kind of gray day. Yeah. And normally in January, you don't want to be outside on those. Yeah, it's Instead, cold. Instead, yesterday yeah. it was seventy degrees. Yeah. On kind of a cloudy, dreary. It day. was warm enough because. I was out yesterday just walking around doing some little things around the house and, and outside the house. And I thought, man, this is nice enough. I told my girls, hey, get outside. It's, you know, enjoy the weather. Right. And they went out and started playing some basketball. And they, about 10, 15 minutes of that, they ran inside and they come back in shorts and t shirt. Because they've been running. And yeah. I was like, warm enough for that, huh? And they didn't care. Right? <laughs> so it was warm enough for that. It was crazy. No, I'm sure that. Uh like I said, when we got home at whatever that was, a little after five, this place still had multiple groups, you know, playing golf. And uh, I'm sure it was like that the entirety of the day. Well, when we left, there was already people out there playing um, at like 7.30 or 8 or whatever time it was we left. So it was, uh, it was a beautiful New Year's Day. I, I bet there was places all across western Oklahoma, different golf courses that might have seen uh, the most New Year's Day golfers yeah. that they've ever seen. Uh, yesterday and of course don't forget Saturday scrambles man they're fun and it's a you know it's it's one of those things where you know golfers they you know you kind of gear up Mm -hmm. right I mean you're not in like midsummer form the first week of January no but it also gives you a chance to come out sort of compete but it's more fun than competing but at the same time you're not just out here just slapping it around for no reason. I mean, you're actually trying to, to win a little bit. It's 100% cash payback. So everybody that pays, all the money goes right back to the players. Wow. And it happens that Saturday. So you don't have to worry about, you know, say like us, for instance. We wouldn't be able to play this week more than likely just because of, of basketball. Sure. You know, tournaments are helping playing. But, ev- but if you, even if you were, then if you had something next weekend, you don't have to worry about like, man, you know, if the weather's nice, I can play this week. But if it ties, then I can't play the next week. And then, well, you know, do I want to wait till da da da? No, no, no. It's a, somebody wins every week, and it, and also it leads in perfectly to what they do on Thursdays. Once it gets warm, time changes. It gets warm, and then of course the Thursday scrambles start. Uh, so this ah. is just kind of it's a great idea that they had last year to like, hey, why don't we to try to end up gaining players for Thursday later on in the year. Why don't we have something in the in the winter and, and get everybody out of the house and you know, swinging the sticks just a little bit, and yeah. uh, and it it seemed like last year, <clears throat> if I remember right, the weather really cooperated pretty well. You know, even if the if during the week wasn't very nice, it seemed like a lot of times on Saturdays Saturday. it was it was nice enough to get out there and play. I know the a couple of times I did, 
it wasn't perfect, but for January or February, it wasn't bad. It was uh, it was plenty good enough to come out. Your so. mindset should be when you come out in those months to play, and if you think it's a little cold or a little windy or just your mindset should be, well, it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> it could be snowing. Yeah, they could have called it, it off before I ever got here. Could be 50-mile-per-hour <laughs> winds. That's right. <laughs> out of the north. It looks like at least my phone says about 50 on Saturday. Yeah. Which, 50 degrees and Tolerable. January, yeah. You dress appropriately, it's very tolerable. That's exactly right. Oh. So that'll get going here this Saturday at the Sayre Golf Course. Very good. Saturday scrambles starting at 1 o'clock. Very good. Very good. Yeah, here you go. Dude. It worked out. It worked out awesome. They did it right. Yeah. For those <coughs> for those yeah. uh, for those scrambles. That's exactly right on the text line there. Um, <coughs> efforting Jim, he he may be uh, sleeping instead of talking. And no one at the at at K A or WWLS is working today. No, so I, I was kind of shocked that he was going to be on with this. He may, you know he, what? He when, when he texted me that earlier last week, he might not realize. He might not have realized that everybody was off. Yeah, so that's it's okay. No worries. I know he's going to be gone next week too, so we may have to get him uh, coming up. What the sixteenth uh, will be the next time that we can get Jim on the horn. Uh, yesterday and even back to Saturday in uh, in professional football. A couple of teams have been eliminated, as you mentioned. The Jets are out. Uh, is Washington out? Yeah. So Washington's uh, out. Yeah, they're the out. Jets are out. So we're down to which kind of disappoints me, and I'll get to my reason why. Go but, ahead. Why? But I, I don't know. I, I want to. This is where I'm really anxious to see what, and I think they'll probably wait till after tonight's games to see what times the other games will be on Sunday, mm-hmm. next Sunday. But I, I want to see a 100% Washington team, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't like the set-out thing, but but Washington might be um, like, okay, this is our last game of the year. Everybody go. I don't know. But, but yeah, I kind of want to take, take on a Washington team that has something to play for and a Cowboys team that has <laughs> something to play for. It makes for a better football game overall. How crazy, would, how crazy would I have sounded if I would have told you three weeks ago that the New York Giants – are going to be able to set their guys out in the last game against yeah. Philly, and Philly can't. Right. Philly's going to have to play. They're By the way, have to play. Um, and that disappoints me, too. Should we start uh, Lane Johnson for MVP? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. After what Philly's offense looked like last week? Yeah, that was uh, anemic at best. Yeah, he was missed. Okay, so. He was missed. How concerned are you if you're Philly? I mean, immensely, if, you're a, if you're a Phillies fan. Immensely, because think about what has happened. Even since, if Hertz comes back. But since he's been out, Lane Johnson, that is, yeah. it has not been good. No. You know, they're going up and down the field against Dallas with Minshew. Johnson goes out. Dallas's defense for the first time all day kind of slowed them down a little bit, allowing, you know, a turnover here and, and at least allowed that offense to win the game. Then against the Saints this week, 10 points out of those guys. I mean, it's it's got to be concerning because – you know, he that stat is out there. I don't think he's given up a sack in like two and a half years. Wow. And he's also obviously going to be okay in the run game too. Mm. And so, you know, Philly, as much as the they've, they've got those weapons on the outside, they run it better than you think. And a lot of what they do on the outside and down the field is predicated on being able to run the football first whether it be with Hertz or with any of those running backs with Miles Sanders or whoever else. So if you can kind of – it's almost like the leech thing. 
like back in the day, if you could, if they, they were more successful running it than you realized when they were really rolling. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that he wanted to run it a whole bunch, but when he wanted to run it, he wanted to be able to run it. And if you took that away from him, then it was nothing but throw. And then you could pin your ears back on the defensive line. You could get guys in different spots, you know, covering. And, and it really changed how you defended any of those, any Mike Leach team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like that with Philly. <clears throat> if they're not able to get that run game off the ground, then, then a bunch of that play action rolling hurts around doesn't, ma- doesn't matter as much because you're not as worried about being able to stop the run game. Right. And so, and, and Lane Johnson's a big part of that. What about the Packers? I mean, the Packers and the Steelers <clears throat> were, were left for dead four or five weeks ago. Yeah. And now, I mean, Green Bay controls their destiny. If they win, they're in. They're in. All they have to do is beat Detroit. Um, if that doesn't happen, then Detroit's going to be gigantic fans of, who does, uh, is it Arizona? That Seattle plays? Gosh, I just had that pulled up. No, it's Seattle. the Rams. The, yeah, Rams. Yeah, they'll be huge Baker Mayfield fans um, if, <clears throat> if Detroit is able to beat Green Bay and then they would have to have Seattle lose, at least on the Detroit side. On the Green Bay side, all they got to do is win. Man, it's amazing how these things have completely flipped on their head as the Packers have started rolling, and they just rolled up Minnesota. Oh, man, they made it look easy, too. Rolled them up. Jair Alexander talked trash all week long to Justin Jefferson, and he backed it up. (laughs) One catch, 15 yards. I mean, that takes any momentum there might have been created for Jefferson to be the MVP. It's clearly over uh, with one and 15. Now the question is, can he uh, find a way to to get – Whatever, 100 and that's probably what, 15, don't know, it's around 180 yards to break Calvin Johnson's record uh, coming up this week. And Minnesota now falls down to the three seed because San Francisco was able to come back. Golly, the Ra- if you're a Raider fan, Man. how awful do you feel being a Raider fan? Five games now, they've lost double digit leads. It's the most ever. Mm. It just. They've tried everything. Even benching a quarterback, yeah. benching Carr, and yeah, tried Stidham, everything. Stidham was able to give up a ten-point lead too, or a double-digit lead too. Uh, but that's a huge. That was a huge comeback win for San Francisco because now, here they are, on the doorstep. If Philly can't get it done, of being able to be the one seed, crazy. It, it that's crazy. I mean, it did it, three or four weeks ago. I mean, I was already sitting there going, "Okay, the, the NFC is set. You, you've got Philly one." You're going to have Minnesota too. The 49ers are creep, starting to creep up. They're going to win that division. They'll be three. Tampa or whoever will be four. And then Dallas is locked into five. Now all of a sudden, you could see Philly going on the road for a playoff game in Tampa. Oh, yeah. That, that seemed inconceivable. Heck, even two weeks ago, when you're like, okay, even if Dallas wins, does it, does it really matter? They have to win out. Philly has to lose out. You know, this this thing's pretty well set. And it's not. Philadelphia has just kind of kind of crumbled around a couple of injuries. Uh, one to Hurts, obviously, and then Lane Johnson's injury so as well. There are four teams in the NFC that are still in play for the one seed. Yes. If I see that correctly. Yes. The long shot is Dallas and then those three you mentioned. So, so all that's still up in the air going into the last week. Yeah. Still up for grabs. That I, one seed for four teams is still up for grabs. I think the longest shot would have to be It's Dallas. It's Minnesota. Like, to get the one seed? Yeah. I saw, like, percentage. It was, like, well, Dallas 7%. I guess what I'm looking at. That's needing both chance. things to happen. Sure. 
But it, but Minnesota loses a tiebreak to Dallas. Minnesota loses a tiebreak to Philly. True. Um, and then the conference record, they're behind too. It, it, it probably went what Philly, San Francisco, Minnesota, Dallas, in that order. By the chances, yeah. Philly, San Francisco, San Francisco Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota Dallas. Dallas, yeah. And that's probably Dallas's odds are because two things have to happen, or actually right. three things have to happen because San Francisco has to lose two. Yeah, Philly, all they gotta do is win. Philly has to win. That's all they gotta do, just win one. San Francisco just needs one them to win and Philly to lose. Right. Minnesota needs. Minnesota would need everybody to lose. Everybody lose and they win. And they win, yeah. See, that's why it's kind of odd. And Dallas would need to win and everybody lose. No, they don't have no. to have Minnesota lose. They don't have to. That's right, because they own the tiebreaker. That's right. So they will need Philly and San Francisco lose, mm-hmm. and Dallas to win, and that's a one seed and a bye for Dallas. That's right. Didn't think that would happen. Well, if I told you that was going to happen two or three weeks oh, ago, no. it but, felt like Dallas was locked into five. Right. At the, I mean. <clears throat> and do you see what I mean about Tampa Bay? Yeah. I, After I watching, I mean, do you see Tom Brady just finds a way. Wins another division title. Yeah, it's against the Panthers. I get it. If you're very They good, came in with a heartbeat, though. Panthers came in with a heartbeat. They had something to play for. They looked a lot better since the, since the McCaffrey trade, which is crazy to think about. I mean, they've looked a lot better offensively. Obviously a better coach, even in, that, in the interim level. They look better. And they've looked like they had a team that came in for something to play for. So, and they came out and scored a touchdown right off the bat. That was so fourteen nothing the first time I looked. At that yeah. Score. So I thought this is okay. This is kind of a, well. I thought we'd have a game here, and I thought Carolina. I kind of leaned Carolina, but well, shame on me because I keep talking up Tom Brady about man. You get him in must-win situations, maybe last drive situations. It's in Tampa Bay. That's scary to me. So that's what I'm talking about. Are they gaining a little momentum, kind of like Green Bay? Are they gaining a little momentum coming down the stretch here? No. If you're any good at all, you beat that team. And Mike Evans proved to me what I've always thought. He is why Johnny Football won a Heisman. Mike Evans is the first and only receiver to start his career with nine straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's He's the only guy that's ever done it. He's underrated. He wasn't last week when he uh, caused Drew's – Fantasy football team to lose. <laughs> Drew was pretty pleased. I mean, in, a, in an Mike NFL Evans. world of of Jefferson and you know the list goes on and on. You don't hear Mike Evans' name attached to all those lists. And I think I've always been a Mike Evans fan. I think a big part of it is because been. he has played nine years, whereas these other guys are younger. And sure, it, it, I think a lot of times when you look when you think about who's the best, you're also thinking about how long can they be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like. Like right now, nobody in the world would say LeBron's the best basketball player, even if he was, because he's toward the end. You know, yeah. so you're going to take a younger guy in your mind just because you know, okay, I'm going to have him for that many for more, that yeah that many more years. I think that's just kind of a subconscious thing that we all do when debating some of this stuff. And but Jerry Rice, he always had that. He was always on that imaginable list that I'm talking about. He was always okay. Who are the top wide receivers in the league right now? When he played, no matter when or where, yeah, end of his the career, very end, yeah. he he was always on that list because he broke a lot of records. So he was always going to be on that list. But he was still performing towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And Mike Evans is too. And and back then though, 
there wasn't. And don't there, get me wrong, I'm not comparing Mike Evans to right. Jerry Rice. I'm just saying. Well, but there weren't. It wasn't nearly the plethora of receivers like there is now. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about for yeah, the if list Evans is long. Yeah. Played when Rice did. Yeah. He because there weren't as many guys that could even be on that list. Absolutely. With the way the game has changed, throwing the football. All right. So coming up this week, what about the man? I hate to I hate to do this to my to my Dolphins, but good grief. What has happened to the Dolphins? They have just completely fallen off the face of the earth here. Uh, man, to, the Tua situation screams like that could be the obvious answer. If he's hurt, and, and, and they're not good, right? They tried Teddy. They tried Skylar Thompson yesterday. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. But they've had – okay, so they, they've gone. Here's how Miami's season has gone. Win three in a row, lose three in a row. Win five in a row, lose five in a row. And now they got themselves to the point where the Patriots control their own destiny. The New England Patriots can be a playoff team. It's just it, – the Steelers still have Man, a chance to be a playoff team. Man, I want that to happen. I picked them to be in the playoffs preseason. Patriots, that is. I mean, there's been times, and, and there's still – Matt Patricia is a horrific play caller. I mean, I don't know how they're doing it. Is magic? A little luck? It is just incredible to see what the what the Patriots are able to do with – I mean, no – not no offense, but not much of an offense. Yeah. All right, so I'm trying to find the – so New England's in with a win. That's it? They're in with the win. In with the win. So what happens if New England – now, listen, New England plays Buffalo, and Buffalo has to play to hold on to the one seed. And that game will be at Buffalo. That's a Sunday night game written all over it. For next week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. I'm trying to predict when these games are going to be played. The problem is all of them – have a scenario like okay they what, all have a lot of well if, if if Miami loses and Pittsburgh loses then the New England side of it doesn't matter kind of like with with Detroit if Seattle were to win then Detroit's side of that game against Green Bay doesn't matter it's not a you know it's not a win and you're in now if if Seattle lost then it would be to be that uh, Saturday night game do you think they once they start then the front office they start looking okay Oh yeah, they've if already this done it. Team and this team and 100%. this team. If this game means it's going to implicate what's going to happen with the later game. Okay, so okay, for for our rooting interest, what do we want to see? Do we want to see Cowboys at noon followed oh, yeah. by Philly or the other way around? No, I think they'll try to get those games at the same time. Aha. Uh-huh. I think they'll try <laughs> to get You're going to have those. some scoreboard watching yes, on the sidelines. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think I, I think you will now San Francisco they might be, because of where they're at, playing at home on the West Coast. Yeah. They might be the beneficiary of knowing going in mm-hmm. uh, to the kickoff of their game exactly what happened. Uh, but I, th- I think you'll see a bunch. I think you'll see Dallas and, and Philly both playing at noon. I think you'll see the Bills, Pats, Miami, the Jets, <laughs> and then also is- who's Pittsburgh play? Um, they play. They they play um, uh, Cleveland. I think those will be noon games. It's like the one week out of the year I want the NFL ticket. 
in about a dozen TVs. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. Chargers. But can't you put them at like two, four, six? You can't you get like six games up at once? Oh yeah. You know what I mean with the NFL ticket. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Chargers Denver doesn't matter. So it, I might invest in Red Zone Channel. Yeah, you'll probably see. I think you'll see all those games at noon. Chargers Denver at three. Cardinals Niners at three. Rams Seahawks at three. And then, depending on tonight, maybe Buffalo and New England at on Saturday. I, I think the Sunday night is going to be. I think they're going to roll the dice, and it's going to be Green Bay. And De- in Detroit. Sunday is going to be a sweatpants, big bowl of chips. Yeah, I think that will be. Mini fridge in the same room with me kind of day. Or maybe, Don't bother me. I'm watching f- football. Because here's the deal. <laughs> Kansas City's playing Saturday. So that would mean that Buffalo knows on Sunday what they got to do. If they right, win to, right. If, if they win tonight. Yeah, big if. If they lose tonight, then you're talking about, I mean, Baltimore-Cincinnati next week is probably the best game. Maybe Buffalo-New England right beside it. But, I mean, Baltimore-Cincinnati is two teams that are already double-digit wins. But it doesn't really, I mean, those teams are in the playoffs, right? I mean, they're, they're, the, the league is clearly going to try to get, if they knew, see, that's why I'm surprised Tennessee, Jacksonville, but I guess they're gonna. They want that Saturday night window for that one, all by itself, because that was the obvious pick to be Sunday night. But I forgot that they're playing Saturday night, so that one's all alone. Uh, you know, the that game has already been picked. The one that we know with beyond whatever result there is, that one matters. One team's in, one team's out. Mm-hmm. Which actually, what about Jacksonville? Now, if they lose, they'll be eight and nine. They can't. They're not going to get there. So those teams have to win to win the division. What's going on? Are there games today? Yeah, there's a bunch of college football today in there. Oh, yeah, we kind of forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, Rose Bowl's happening this afternoon. We got the 11 o'clock game between Mighty Tulane and USC. Is Caleb Williams playing? I hadn't heard any different. Is, Is the injury still there? I'm just wondering why that is a one-and-a-half to two-point spread. Is there some sort of Well, I know um, question the wide receiver him? is not. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, he's not. Um, if Caleb Williams is not playing, that changes everything. That's what I mean when you – I mean everything. When you think about USC versus Tulane, you would have thought – I would have thought that, that the uh, – the Trojans would be more than a one to one and a half to two point favorite. I just didn't. You know, we almost thought we thought we were seeing it early in the Sugar Bowl of motivation, right? Saw Deuce Vaughn go crazy, and all of a sudden Kansas State's up, and then here comes Alabama, and they they look like Alabama. I think all of that's playing into this too. You know, eleven o'clock kickoff on a Monday is USC. You know, they were playing for a Playoff spot. Yeah, it's true. The motivation thing. And then there's Tulane. Little old Tulane. This is the biggest game for them in decades. Little old Tulane. And Sam's right. Remember? Tulane just, what, two years ago, almost beat Oklahoma oh, in yeah, the very yeah. first game. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley was still coaching the Sooners. Yep. 
Yep, coaching Sooners and interviewing for other jobs. Yep. Let's see. Yeah, who else? Uh, the uh, Citrus Bowl, LSU, Purdue. Of course, Rose Bowl mentioned that. Mississippi State, Illinois today. That's one also. I'm sorry, Cotton Bowl's at noon. My apologies. I thought I was looking at Eastern time. Yeah, four games today. Will you watch? You care about the Cotton Bowl? Um, or just check the score every once in a while. Yeah, if if it starts going the way that everybody around here wants it to go, yeah, I'll probably tune in. <laughs> Meaning Tulane gets out ahead or something like that. Oh yeah, so you got Mississippi State, Illinois. That's an eleven again. Eleven o'clock. That's eleven o'clock game. Noon for Cheese at Citrus Bowl. <laughs> Cheese, it's got two bowls. Cheese, it's owning the college football. Isn't that wild? Bowl season. How does Cheese it have two bowls and Dr Pepper doesn't have any? I mean, is Doctor is Dr Pepper just kind of the all year sponsor? I guess so. I mean, you can't watch anything without seeing Dr Pepper. Their money's wrapped up in Doug Flutie and the Boz. The Boz. The Boz is the perfect mayor or the sheriff. sheriff. <laughs> the wave. What is this? The eighties. The perfect <laughs> sheriff. Uh, let's take a look at the old Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. The Bowl Mania. Go right let's, ahead. Let's take a look at those. This Today will be a huge difference maker in who is going to be able to come away with the win in the Western Oklahoma Realty Bowl Mania contest. Trying to get all these off there. There we go. Now maybe I can scroll down. Oh, my gosh. Who's winning, Jared? Do you know? Oh, <laughs> not, looky not there. Not me. I know who's not winning. Oh, looky there. Who's winning? Old Skinny's Picks is tied for the lead. Oh. With ESPN fan and a whole bunch of numbers. I wonder who that is. Oh, man. That's going to be fun to figure Let's out. Let's figure out who that is. If they win Possums, one game back at third. Will and uh, Pat and Dustin at 19 and 19. Still with a chance. A good day today. They could go flying up. It's not going to be a double dip for uh, for Robin Sooner fan one who won the uh, the week long or the year long contest. She's not going to be able to double dip and win both. She's too far behind to uh, to overtake the leaders. I'll tell you what, oh Compton, he's won nine. He he started out zero and twelve or zero and thirteen because he didn't pick quick enough. Yeah, and he's nine and nineteen, so he's done pretty good work. Not bad, like nine and seven. On the games that he actually got to pick, it's not going to catch Jay Mack, it doesn't look like. It's too bad. That's what everybody was kind of hoping for. <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it. All right. Yeah, thank you to Tyler and Robbie and everybody down at Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. Somebody's going to get a cool prize heading to the Thunder game. Good tickets to the Thunder game, too, uh, when, whichever they pick. So. All right, that'll do it from uh, Sarah, Sarah National. Don't forget Saturday Scramble, 1 o'clock. Come on out and play golf. It's going to be beautiful this afternoon, too. So uh, get out and uh, start swinging the sticks for a great 2023. Uh, that'll do it from Sarah National. This has been the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back.
I know, you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.